I hope you can sense my excitement about the conference and the folks that are here with us this week. I'm equally excited to have Lloyd Kim with us. Lloyd, come on up. Lloyd is going to be our keynote speaker. Uh, Lord, Lloyd has served as the, the head of Mission of the World, the coordinator for Mission of the World for the past about eight years. It is a mission organization of how many missionaries now? About 600. About 600 missionaries. And so it's a huge job. Before coming to Mission of the World, he and his wife, Ida, and their three children served as missionaries in Cambodia and also in the Philippines. And not only is this an amazing guy, you've got to read his bio, but he's also a dear friend. Mm. This guy regularly calls me and asks me how he could be praying for me. That's the kind of guy he is. So, Lloyd, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Well, good morning. just want to say on behalf of Mission of the World, thank you. Thank you for your partnership, your prayers for our missionaries, and for the work that God has called us to. It is my great privilege to be able to bring God's Word to you today. If you have your Bibles, I'd like to invite you to turn to a very familiar passage, Matthew chapter 6. Be reading verses 5 through 10. This is in the context of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Be focusing on the Lord's Prayer and really just the three first phrases. If you are able, can I invite you to stand as we hear the Word of God read in our presence? Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 10. This is God's very own Word. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who's in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You may be seated. Father, help us now to reflect on these words. Help me by your Holy Spirit to speak what you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. We were doing family devotions one night when the kids uh, were young, and was, uh, as was our custom, we took turns praying the Lord's Prayer. It was my turn that particular evening, and so I thought, don't just recite it from memory like you normally do. You know, think about each phrase, think about each word. Your kids are watching, you need to be a good example. And so then I began praying very slowly, very intentionally, the Lord's Prayer. I got to about the third phrase and there was a pause. I had forgotten the next line. Uh, the kids started giggling. 
Uh, I had to like stop myself and, and remember the Lord's Prayer from the beginning. And, and finally, when I said amen, the kid said, good job, pastor. Good job, missionary. You don't even know the Lord's Prayer. I've always thought it was ironic how Jesus teaches us not to pray repetitiously and mindlessly. But how often we pray this prayer that he's taught us very what? repetitiously and mindlessly. And so this morning, we're going to slow down, and we're going to meditate, and we're going to reflect, and we're going to think through this very familiar prayer, really just the first three phrases. As we read, our passage comes in the context of Jesus' teaching on prayer, and after teaching his disciples how not to pray, he gives them this example prayer. But you see, our Lord, he doesn't want us to simply recite this from memory. He, he wants us to reflect and to accept the worldview that this prayer assumes, the kingdom perspective, the kingdom priorities. And you see, it's this perspective that is in and around this prayer that helps shape our sense of purpose in life and this collective call that we have to his global mission. So as I mentioned, we'll be looking at the first three phrases of this prayer, the first being the opening address, our Father, the second, hallowed be your name, and finally, your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. So let's begin. How do we start this prayer? our Father. And what's presupposed is that we have a relationship with God as Father. Earlier in this chapter, Jesus, he is rebuking, speaking against hypocrites who, as they say, prayed in order to be seen by men. What was their problem? They didn't have a genuine relationship with God as their father. And I'm sure they were religious, probably very religious, but you see the religion didn't go beyond their culture, their, their external practices. They were just acting as if they knew God as, as father. And so what we must recognize before anything else is the fact that we cannot engage in any meaningful way with missions for that matter, have any real lasting peace or joy in our life unless we have a genuine relationship with God as Father. You know, much of our striving in life, whether we're conscious of it or not, is, is really a striving to reconnect with the one who's made us. And so this prayer that we pray so often assumes that, that we know God as, as Father, Maybe there's some here today who quite honestly feel very far from him. You know, having a, a genuine relationship with God as Father is different from growing up in the church, knowing the right answers, or even, even serving the church faithfully. Having a genuine relationship with God as Father is only possible when the Holy Spirit comes 
and changes us, changes us from the inside out. The, the Spirit convicts us of our sins. When was the last time you were deeply convicted of your, your sins? The Spirit helps lead us to repentance and faith. It helps us to make sense of the Bible. The Spirit fills us with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And, and the Apostle Paul tells us it's by the Spirit of adoption that we're able to cry out to God what? Abba, Father. I grew up in a small town in California. There was a, a church on every block. At one point in time, it was in the Guinness Book of World Records of having the most churches per capita in the United States. We even prayed in our public high school. I remember uh, our wrestling matches. We would all gather in the center of the wrestling mat, and, and someone would begin praying uh, God, uh, uh, help keep watch over us, help no one get hurt today, but it would always inevitably end with, and help us to kick their amen. <laughs> you see, everybody in that town was Christian, but not many were, were really Christian. I was right there with them. I mean, I grew up in a Christian family. If you asked me if I was a Christian, I, I said, yes, I went to church every Sunday. But if I were honest, really didn't know God. I was just going to church because, well, it's part of my culture. How about you? All of our prayers and religion is worthless if we don't have a genuine relationship with God. And so if you've come this morning and you're asking these questions and you feel far from God, don't wait. Don't wait another day. Let's call upon the name of our God for the forgiveness of our sins and the removal of our guilt and our shame. Let's, let's believe these gospel promises that we've heard and that we know that are true because God is real. And he calls us today to come to him through his son, Jesus Christ. That was the first point. Our God. Now, the second phrase that we pray assumes that our life purpose is not to hallow our name. Our life purpose is to hallow God's name. It's not about our reputation. It's about his reputation. It's not about our glory. It's about God's glory. The Pharisees and scribes prayed in order to be seen by men. What does this mean? It means that they were more concerned about their own name and reputation than anything else. They wanted others to speak well of them. They wanted others to hallow their name. But here, Jesus teaches us that our orientation in life as, as the children of God is not to hallow our name, but to hallow his name. We exist to honor, to glorify, to, to build up the name of our God and not our name. A lot harder than it sounds, isn't it? 
a large well-known church invited me to be their missions uh, speaker at their annual missions conference. And the church had been advertising it for weeks, putting it on their website and their bulletin. And so uh, coming to the church, I felt pretty good about myself. Uh, uh, when I came, I was warmly welcomed uh, and introduced to some of the members. And one of the members asked me, hadn't you spoken at our church before? I had not. She said, is your name Lim? I said, no, my name's Lloyd. And my last name is Kim. And the more I talked to her, the more I realized that she was, thought I was somebody else. Uh, it was a case of mistaken identity and a blow to my pride. Uh, the thought did cross my mind to go along with the confusion in case my sermon bombed. <laughs> but I also realized how much I cared about my name, that other people knew who I was. Jesus teaches us to pray, hallowed be your name. I think we live out the prayer, hallowed be my name. But if you think about it, this phrase also has a mission's thrust, because what are we asking? We're asking that God's name would be hallowed. And so the reason that we send, the reason that we support, the reason that we go to the nations is because the nations are not yet hallowing the name of our God. And so we pray that all those who do not yet know the name of our God from every tribe, from every tongue, from every nation would, would come to know him as Father and would hallow his name. The final phrase that we'll talk about this morning is your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What would be the opposite? My kingdom come, right? My will be done. This is what Jesus was speaking against when he talked about those who would pray repetitiously, thinking they would be heard for their many words. What were these people trying to do? They're trying to manipulate God to give them what they want, to accomplish their will above all else. Think about our own prayers. How often are we asking God for things that build up our kingdom? that accomplish our will. And so here our Lord wants us to orient our life away from our own personal agenda toward his kingdom agenda, toward his will. It's what it means to be a follower of Jesus, what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. But you see, as we, we pray this Prayer. We're praying more than our own personal submission to Jesus as king. What are we praying for? We're praying for his kingdom of glory to fill his earth. We're praying that God's rule and his reign would extend to every inch of his creation. And you see, this isn't just a prayer for the second coming, which we desperately need but a prayer for the power and presence of God to be known here on earth, now, 
as it is in heaven. Maybe you're asking the question, well, what does this kingdom even look like? In every kingdom, you need a king. We have a king. His name's Jesus. In any kingdom, you need citizens. And so when a person receives the gospel and is, believes and submits to King Jesus, the kingdom advances. And when the church submits to the will of the Father, God's rule and reign is here on earth as it is in heaven. When those from every tribe, tongue, and nation worship the Father, well, then the kingdom of God has come. Beloved, this is God's agenda for the world. It's what he wants to see. Are we aligned with God's will for the nations? Pastor Tom said that we had served in Cambodia, and at one of our team dinners, we invited a national partner who was planting a church in the center of the city of Phnom Penh, where we were ministering, and it was at a very well-known Chinese restaurant in the city. Um, we had a wonderful meal. The food was delicious. As we were finishing up our meal, the waiter came up and asked us, he said, are you Christian? And I was a little bit uh, surprised by the question, considering the country is over 95% Buddhist, and by many measures, less than 2% evangelical Christians. And so I said, yes, we are Christians. And he said, great, Christians get a 10% discount. <laughs> Where am I? I looked at my national partner, and he was just smiling, and I, I said, why are you smiling? He says, well, I know about the discount. I said, how do you know about the discount? He goes, well, I know the owner. I go, how do you know the owner? He goes, well, several years ago, I, I met the owner. I shared the gospel with him and led him to faith in Jesus Christ. And so I told our team, we need to thank pastor for this discount, right? I mean, why wouldn't we want kingdom advancement? We got 10% off of our, our bill. There are real advantages to seeing the gospel advance. <laughs> and so as we pray that God's will be done on earth, as it is in heaven, we need to ask ourselves, what is it like in heaven? In heaven, there's no tears. In heaven, there's no sorrow. There's no sickness. There's no injustice, there's no corruption, there's no abuse, there's no brokenness, there's no sin, there's no death. So what are we praying for? We're praying that Satan's kingdom would be destroyed. We're praying that the gospel would go throughout the world. We're, we're praying that the church would advance and that Christ's reign would extend to the ends of the earth. You know, Jesus, he teaches us to pray this way because this is how he prayed. Jesus prays, our Father. <laughs> it means he considers us his brothers and his sisters. And Jesus prays, hallowed be your name, when his own name was mocked and ridiculed. And Jesus prays, your kingdom come, your will be done and then submits to the will of the Father 
by drinking the bitter cup of the cross. Do you remember how Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane? He did ask God, take this cup, but that, at the end with resolution, what did he pray? Yet not my will be done, but yours. And so what did it mean for Jesus to pray this kingdom prayer? It meant that he was willingly to get, he was willing to give, willing to sacrifice, willing to suffer the pain of the cross. You see, Jesus gave up everything for the sake of the kingdom, for us. And so what are the implications of this kingdom prayer? The implications are that out of gratitude for God's lavish grace that we as his, his citizens, his disciples, would, would wholeheartedly live for his kingdom, that we would submit to our king, that we would seek to advance his name and his, his glory above all else. And you see, this is where missions comes in because our king, he commissions us to go and make disciples among all nations. And this is a means that he chooses to see his kingdom advance here on earth. And so if we want to align our will with God's will, we need to take seriously this mission. He has called us in sending and supporting and going to the nations with the good news of the kingdom of God. Every dollar given, every prayer lifted up, every person sent testifies that the kingdom of God is real. It declares to the world that we submit to a living king who rules heaven and earth. And it bears witness that the kingdom of God has come and that our treasure and our hearts are there in his heavenly kingdom. Beloved God hears our prayers. He may, in fact, be answering these very prayers through you. And so can I ask, how, how is God calling you to engage in his kingdom work. Is he calling you to give? Then give generously. Is he calling you to pray? Then pray faithfully, diligently. Is he calling you to go? Then go humbly and courageously in his promises for us. Beloved, what is the prayer of our hearts? May our collective prayer be that the nations would call upon God as Father, that they would hallow his name, and that his kingdom would come and his will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Father, thank you for these words that you have given us in this prayer. Help us to believe all that is around these prayers the kingdom perspective, the kingdom priority. Stir in our hearts a great love for you and your grace for us that we would live more and more for this kingdom, we pray in Jesus' name.
Amen. Please rise, if you will, and join me as we receive the blessing that God has for us. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the great love of God the Father, and the fellowship of his Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.